Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Oh, yes, that is today, right? That is Happy today. Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. Uh, Cinco de Mayo, the 5th of May, a uh, survey shows that 40% of Americans think thinks that Cinco de Mayo is the celebration of Mexican independence, and it's not. Um, Cinco de Mayo is a Mexican holiday celebrating the 1862 Battle of Puebla when 2,000 Mexican troops defeated 6,000 French soldiers, denying French Imperial Napoleon III's attempt to claim the territory to France. So it's um, not Mexican Independence Day. That right. happens actually uh, in September. But there's a lot of things. Cinco de Mayo happening today. Yeah, there are plenty of uh, things going on today. Grand sure. River Brewery is having all day Cinco de Mayo. And the Grand River Brewery food truck is going to be at Manchester Market, where they're having a big celebration. And it's the uh, opening of their outdoor uh, farmer's market at Manchester Market. And they're going to have um, all kinds of Mexican food all throughout the day. So, uh, Also, um, the Eagles in Michigan Center having Cinco de Mayo. Um, who else? Number of other places. Yeah, Crazy Cowboy. Yeah, crazy Did you say Crazy Cowboy? All, all the all the places. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah, so have fun. A lot of fun. Forty three degrees right now. Uh, should be a nice day, but clouds will increase. High of sixty four. Yesterday was nice. Yeah, it was nice. We had uh, soccer practice for the first time outside, and uh, I was telling Brandon these these first and second graders basically put me in a body bag. I mean, they <laughs> would not listen to a word I said yesterday. You know, it was uh, it was fun though. Um, but we had a great time. Yeah, so 15 kids. I have 15 kids on the team now, uh -huh. and that's a lot. I, I watched them play. Yeah. And I noticed um, this is how, how well Andy's coaching soccer. Um, in the last couple of minutes of Saturday's soccer game, a parent approached Coach Andy and said, my kids, no. he, he hasn't played. He no, that was the other team. Oh, the other team. Oh. Yeah, no, that wasn't me. That was oh. the other team. And it is hard because you're trying to you have we try and get everyone equal playing mm -hmm. time, and uh, you know a lot of people, coaches are just meeting kids for the first day, so it's it's hard to do all that. All right. But uh, and some kids hide; they don't want to play. That is true. Yeah. That is true. But it is uh, the largest turnout uh, ever for spring soccer in for the Jackson Rec Department, and it's unbelievable. Drive by on a Saturday morning; it uh, it's very cool. Yeah, very cool to see. Someone, a coffee truck or a donut truck. I don't know why they don't. Capitalize. Well, I don't. I think arrangements have to be made. Well, um, I don't know but you're right. I think. Uh, I mean, the amount of money you would make yeah. selling coffee, hot chocolate, and donuts. Maybe we need to uh, talk to Kelly Hoover. I know. I, know. I think we brought that up before. There's some type I of have. reason. I have. I've suggested that the museum open up the granary and sell coffee and donuts on uh, soccer days. But it's uh, a good idea. <laughs> Very good idea. Uh, happy Mother's Day, Mother's Day weekend. It's going to be uh, nice weather for Mother's Day. Are you all ready for Mother's Day? Well, I figure I'd... Uh, Mom, are you listening? <laughs> uh, we have a... We have reservation at oh. 11 o'clock, right? Okay, yep. Mm -hmm. We do have youth sports on Sunday as well, mm -hmm. so we are going to have to duck out of that a little early for uh, one of my daughter's basketball games. Be fast. So. The uh, weekend's busy. We've got the Derby. Uh, Where's uh, having a Derby event at Commonwealth Commerce Center. Still time to get tickets for that. That should be a lot of fun. Oak Ridge Boys, Saturday night at Jackson College. Last Music on Tap series, Saturday night. And we've got uh, Museum Day on Saturday. 
visit your local museums and the um, all the museums in Jackson County will be open for free from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. So stop by and I'll make a day of it. Visit two or three of them. And on Saturday, it is the uh, annual Spring Arbor Pancake Breakfast. Pancake Day in Spring Arbor, a fundraiser for the Spring Arbor Fire Department. And that's always a blast. That happens at the uh, fire station in Spring Arbor, Saturday. So come hungry. We've got... Uh, Something new in the Detroit River. Spotted this week, an otter, a river really? otter. Yes, uh, Eric St. Marie, he's a uh, doctoral student at the University of Windsor uh, and actually uh, a, a marine biology student. He was taking his walk when he noticed something furry bobbing out of the um, river near the Ambassador Bridge. He took this uh, video of this lanky, creature diving and uh, swimming. Wow. Yeah. And this is the first time a river otter has been spotted in the Detroit River in a hundred years. So what do we do? Well, they thought the um, thing was uh, extinct. Really? So... So did they... Uh, what do they do? Do they, they remove the otter? No. No, they're going to keep them there. Really? Yeah. Okay. So they thought, and hopefully because of uh, pollution and urbanization and uh, overzealous trappers, that they were extinct, locally extinct, but they're not. Wow. So that could become a tourist attraction. People will go to the Detroit River to look for the otter. Otter spotting. And where there's one otter, there's, uh, where there's one, there's more. Right. That's deer. Well, I think it's with anything. That Mice, rats, river otters. Cockroaches, for sure. Cockroaches, for sure. I do know that. Yeah, that too. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got, uh, this is not good news. According to NBC News, here we are 27 months into the pandemic. The United States has just hit 1 million deaths. That's crazy, isn't it? It's unbelievable. Absolutely nutty. In Michigan, in the last week, we've had 62 deaths. In Jackson County, for the first time ever, we've gone a whole week without anyone dying from COVID. Oh, well, that's good. That is good. Well, that is good news, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, hopefully it continues to wane. Uh, and we have Dr. Cat coming on. I have a few viewer questions for him as far mm -hmm. as, uh, you know, COVID and, and how, should we, how should we consider COVID going forward if we've had it already, if our children have had it, you know. Uh, what should we what should we be worried about mm -hmm. at this point so we'll have some questions for dr cack uh later today um i did see on the news that pope francis wants to meet with vladimir putin <laughs> how do you think that would go now they met in 2019 mm -hmm. and uh the kremlin has not uh confirmed that they will meet but don't you think that would be a good idea i i think so too yeah i, I think maybe the pope can talk some sense into the guys Thick skull. I would love to see them meet and then the conversation be recorded. You mm -hmm. think about that, the Pope meeting with Putin, Putin, murderer, <laughs> killer, war criminal, right. meeting with the Pope. I wonder if uh, the Pope could talk him down, but well, we'll see. And the Pope could ask, well, I, you know, I saw pictures of you at uh, Orthodox Easter uh, where <laughs> you, you know, claim to be a Christian, you're, you're, we're taking away that uh, title Christian from you. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. 
that's a good idea. So hopefully they, uh, hopefully they meet. That would be, uh, I guess that would be interesting to me. And, uh, you know, I guess if anyone could maybe get through to him, I think it might be the Pope, right? Try everything, try anything. Try anything, for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, the Pope's um, probably busy this time of year. It's First Communion season. Oh, do you think the Pope goes around and does the First Communions? No, I, th <laughs> I think the bishops pop in here and there. Uh, maybe the Pope does in, in Rome, but here in the United States, a, uh, a very zealous uh, First Communicant um, got carried away with the uh, wine portion of uh, First Communion. Uh, Brinley Heidenbrink's First Communion at the Risen Savior Catholic Church. Here's the blood of Christ, Brittany. Oh my gosh. Brittany. She crushed it. Uh, Brittany. Brittany has seen her mom do that while she's <laughs> cooking dinner every night. Yeah. <laughs> Emptied the chalice. She did, she did well. She didn't <laughs> spill anything on that beautiful First Communion gown. So. <laughs> I've always uh, been a, I've never done that. I didn't do it at First Communion. I, I, I think I just touched it to my lips. That's crazy. And now I've heard uh, that with these First Communions, that they have uh, individual chalices for all of the oh, kids well, due to wild. COVID. So yeah, so I think she probably did everyone a favor by drinking all of that <laughs> so that did. the other kids wouldn't have to come yeah. up and get the germs. Afterwards, they went to Olive Garden. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> now the uh, priest, they, somebody said to the priest, well, good thing you guys use grape juice for the first community. He said, no, no, that's, <laughs> no, it's not grape that's, juice. That's wine. It's wine. Wow. Uh, in New Jersey, um, go to the supermarket uh, starting today. Um, they will not ask you paper or plastic. What will they do? They'll say, where's your bag? Mm -hmm. New Jersey has outlawed paper and plastic bags at stores, supermarkets, grocery stores, convenience stores. You have to bring your own bag. There are no plastic or paper bags allowed in New Jersey. What if you're buying for what if you're a caterer and you need to go to the New Jersey Gordon's Food and you don't have your own bags? They just tell you you're, you're out of luck? Well, they give you the boxes at Gordon's. I guess that's a bad example, but um, I can see some uh, huge internet fight videos based off this mm -hmm. at uh, checkout lanes. So mm -hmm. look for that shortly because not everyone will bring their own bag to the store. No. So hopefully uh, they will make exceptions for people that are Traveling, running in really I don't quick. Know. I, I, I don't, don't know. know. We'll see. I mean, when we travel out east, you know, we're used to no plastic straws. Right. right? So what do we do? We bring our bring own, own plastic straws. Yeah. Starbucks has those nice green ones. They're my favorite. They sure are. Mm -hmm. Hey, gas prices. Can we do something about this? I think um, this is something that needs to be addressed first. I mean, it's something that we all see. We all deal with every day. And when you... You know, when you're getting that full tank and you see that price, it just changes things, right? Eye-popping. Very much so. It changes mm -hmm. things. So, um, can we do something about that, please? Well, the Fed uh, raised interest rates yesterday, and they claim that within the next six months, this will cure inflation, and prices will start to level and then drop. Well, they better be right. I'll That's tell you that, because it's the highest rate that uh, increased uh, in mm -hmm. over 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, um, it better work. 
for sure. But uh, yeah, we can't continue to pay uh, pay those kind of prices at the gas pump. It's just not possible. Hang on, it should get better. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll see, Ryan. You know, people find this hard to believe. The cheapest I ever filled gas up for was seventy nine cents a gallon, and it was in the Buddies in Vandercook Lake when I was. 16 years old. Yeah, well, I got you beat. I'm, I'm, I've been at 32 cents a gallon. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Was that expensive at the time? No. 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 Hey, we have got some scores for Extreme Dodge. Let's get to our scoreboard. Yesterday was a, uh, a decent night, so plenty of action. That's a great shot there. And baseball, Grass Lake beat Columbia Central in both games. The first one was tight, 1-0. Second one, 13-3. Clinton 10, Napoleon 5. Now, they just played one game. They were supposed to play a doubleheader, but the field conditions were not great in Clinton, so they just played a JV game and a varsity game. Pinckney beat Jackson 8-4. And Northwest and Western split 3-2. Northwest in the first game. Western won the second game 4-2. That's a, that's a great matchup. And in softball, Northwest took both games, blanking Western, 2-0 and 8-0. And Lincoln got Jackson 15-0. In girls soccer, Columbia Central 3-1. Ida Grass Lake continues their hot streak, 7-1 over Quincy. Lumen Christie 4, Harper Crick 3, Leslie 9, Michigan Center 1, and Manchester beat Springport 8-2. And Western fell to Marshall, 4 nothing. Boys Golf, Columbia Central, they finished 8th in their jamboree. And uh, Napoleon, or excuse me, and uh, what, what sport? Oh, I'm like, what sport is the Springport Invitational? Was that golf? Yes, golf. it was. It was golf. Napoleon took first in that. And uh, Jackson with a team score of 189. And in the I-8, Lumen Christie had no problem winning that league meet. And we've got some games tonight. Baseball, Lumen Christie travels to Penfield. Western travels to Hudson. Softball, CC on the road. Concord at Athens, which is a beautiful, beautiful town, Athens. Martin at Lumen Christie. The Martians are in town. Did you know that? Martin Martians? Martin Martians. Yeah, they're in town. Mm -hmm. So that's on deck today. Nice. Today's morning show is uh, being brought to you by Printersource Plus, proud to be named this year's Chamber of Commerce Small Business of the Year. Thanks to Joe, Mike, Pat, and uh, the entire team at Printersource Plus for helping us bring you today's show. And today's show has a lot of great guests. Who's on? We have Dr. Vive Kak, and he will join us right after this break. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back. Today's show is brought to you by Vermeulen Furnishing, Home Furnishings, now in their third generation of being family-owned and operated. They pride themselves on providing high quality brand name furniture at affordable prices thanks to Vermeulen Furniture. And it's almost patio furniture season, so start thinking. Mother's Day shopping. Oh, wouldn't mom love a new patio? <laughs> she would. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, joining us now from the Pick Center and Henry Ford Jackson Hospital Infectious Disease Specialist, Dr. Vivek Eck. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Well, we are seeing it again. Numbers are uh, starting to uptick. What does that mean? Well, as we open up, there's definitely going to be more spread of the virus. The good thing is most of the spread is among uh, individuals who are reasonably healthy. So the younger ones, especially the ones who go to school or parents whose kids go to school, play sports. And majority of the time, the disease is fairly mild. Mm -hmm. So that's somewhat good and encouraging. We aren't seeing too many inpatient admissions going up. So all of that is encouraging in the sense that uh, the virus, I think, is going to be with us for some time, mm -hmm. kind of like the flu. And as long as there is under vaccination across the world, we're going to see new variants. And as long as there are flights and cruise ships and travel, we're going to see those variants come here. Mm -hmm. So we just have to learn to live with it in some way, form, shape yeah. or form. Yeah. I have a few viewer questions today. Now seems like a good time for, for the first one. Now that hospitalizations are down and the risk of severe illness from COVID s seems under control, should I would you recommend that I still get my five and seven-year-olds vaccinated? Yeah, I mean, I think the it's an individual decision mm -hmm. in some ways, but the advantage of the vaccination is that it decreases mild disease to even milder, especially in mm -hmm. people who have been vaccinated. So uh, the younger ones, if you can get them vaccinated, definitely would be a good idea, even though the data isn't great in terms of preventing acquisition of the disease mm -hmm. or transmission. There is some decrease in transmission. So if those uh, kids are going to vis be visiting their great-grandparents mm -hmm. or grandparents who may have not been vaccinated or have underlying chronic medical problems, it's a good idea. Yeah, still the protection for others, which I think exactly. uh, we haven't thought about in a long time. And I think in Michigan, when summer hits, I mean, this will be the third summer, right? W you know, everyone just kind of forgets about it, which, you know, it, the weather, I think, does help the disease, but, uh, yeah, it's, st it's still going on a little bit, huh? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, COVID has been an epidemic of different intensities in, among different populations. Mm -hmm. Kind of People who are reasonably healthy, younger, haven't had significant disease. While if you were in a nursing home or if you were elderly, especially if you were above 80, it's a completely different disease. I mean, as you discussed earlier, we've hit 1 million deaths and that should be a sobering number. Uh, the trouble tends to be we see younger individuals who say, oh, I had COVID, I had COVID twice, I didn't mm -hmm. get to any significant degree of illness, which is completely different from if your parents or grandparents were in a nursing home. I think there the disease basically ran rampant mm -hmm. and a lot of individuals lost significant years of their life. I mean, the older you are, the more sick you're going to get and you're more apt to kind of die from the disease. Mm -hmm. So that is a completely different disease in that population versus if you're in your 20s and reasonably healthy. Yeah, and we're, we're all kind of reacting based on how our own personal situation has been in the last three years. If, if you've been around people that have struggled and been ill, you're, you're more in tune with it. If, if you haven't, you don't take it as seriously. And I think that's just kind of the way, way we go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that's the trouble with the uh, living in tribes. Kind of you're all yeah. in your, uh, your tribe hasn't been affected with yeah. the, mm -hmm. the virus. So you tend to blow it off a little bit. Yeah, this week, Jackson County Health Department reporting that uh, since the pandemic began now, 40,000 Jackson County residents um, have been diagnosed uh, with COVID and, and that, 
that number we expect is low. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, lately, especially, a lot of individuals have been doing self-testing, so those don't often get reflected in the stats. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely more five, disease than we kind of have six. official numbers for. And the same thing with deaths. There's probably been more deaths either from COVID or from missing healthcare because of COVID and all the other stuff. There's been an uptick in patients, at least in the initial part of the epidemic, who missed healthcare because they were just worried about going to the hospital. I mean, we still have individuals who refuse to go to the hospitals because they're worried that they'll get COVID there and mm -hmm. kind of, not only will they get COVID there, then nobody will be allowed to visit them. So mm -hmm. they only show up at the ER until it's fairly late in the game. We did have a one two hour period two weeks ago that the hospital had no COVID, <laughs> but it lasted just two hours. Exactly. I mean, I think uh, I get a list of everybody who's been tested positive, and uh, I think four weeks ago there was a day when there were three, and I was kind of hoping that that's it. <laughs> and yesterday they were in the, I think, 33, and today they're nearly 15 or 16. So that's I don't think it's going to go away that easily. I, uh, I'm going to shift gears a little bit. I have another uh, viewer question that I gave you a, a little bit of a hint on. And this is good because you and I both have uh, weaker stomachs. Is it possible <laughs> to... <laughs> I've heard it's more likely to... You're more likely to get food poisoning in the summer months than you are in the colder months. Yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, backtracking. So bacteria like an optimum temperature. That's why 37, 38 degrees... Uh, centigrade. So that's where they multiply the most. Okay. Uh, so in cold, in freezers, they don't multiply. Second, when you're out and about, you're going to have the dips. So the dips, the yogurt, that's the thing that you've got to avoid. Yeah, especially at those family picnics where you don't know how long mm. it's been sitting out, right? <coughs> uh, not only that, so that's one thing. <laughs> A, it's been sitting out. Second, most kids go there and I don't know about your kids, but when my kids were young, hand washing wasn't a very high priority for them. No, if my kid uses, <laughs> uh, does any chip and dip, there's sauce all over the knuckles. <laughs> I have friends like that too that are in their late 40s that do that, but I don't think I'm gonna be having any dips this summer. <laughs> no, and uh, <laughs> um, I think uh, George Costanza, you know, was probably the worst uh, violator of the double dipping it did that and ate out of the trash can, which <laughs> that's not a good idea either. No. Typically not. I think uh, <laughs> wouldn't recommend it. So all these other things we've had kind of, you know, on the back burner, all the other um, public health issues. Um, we're seeing, you know, increases in sexually transmitted disease. It's going to be mosquito season again. We're going to have um, mosquito-borne illnesses. We've got, there's a lot of other things to worry about. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we are surrounded by pathogens that like to feed on us. And as we start going up and about around, they'll start working their stuff with us. So um, mosquito-borne illnesses, especially, this has been a reasonably wet spring, so we are going to see an uptick on all mosquito-borne illnesses. We'll probably see an uptick, I suspect, in West Nile this year. Uh, especially since the last couple of years, we didn't have a lot of disease. Flu is definitely still in the community and it's going up. So all of these other infections, foodborne illnesses, are definitely going to go up. And uh, sexually transmitted infections are, have been on an uptick for some years. And with people being, uh, staying within their houses and now starting to go about, we'll probably see an uptick in that too. But uh, the good thing is, uh, most of these illnesses can be diagnosed, and if they are infections, a lot of them can be treated. The key is getting them diagnosed and seeing someone quickly. 
All this uh, Clorox and uh, Lysol and Purell that we've been using over these last two years, are we making viruses and dangerous bacteria uh, more, more um, hardy? Well, there is data less so with uh, pure alcohol, kind of, because that tends to kill off everything else, but with some of the antibacterial soaps that we were increasing the resistance to some of those uh, pathogens to those uh, chemicals. But hand washing, I still think, is probably the most effective tool we have in terms of preventing infections. Kind of. So I wouldn't stop hand washing. No, no, I will not do that. I will not stop hand oh, washing. I won't stop doing that either. Okay. No. That we have a policy in our building, too, mm -hmm. with instructions in every bathroom, which I think everyone should. Yeah. And I, I love the uh, signs in the restaurants. Employees must wash hands after re uh, using the bathroom before returning to work. I think the sign should say, everyone <laughs> should wash their hands after using the bathroom and returning to the, the restaurant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, probably so. Not just the employees. Probably a good idea. I think idea. it gives us faults. So, oh, well, I've looked I at that work sign here. and walked right out with I don't work here, I don't have to wash my hands. So. <laughs> Not true. All right. And the big Mother's Day plans? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> Thanks for coming in today. Thank you. Dr. Vivek Kak, Infectious Disease Specialist at the PIC Center. Stay tuned, coming up next, Butch, Butch Irwin joins us from Comfort Keepers. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back. Back, our next guest on today's morning show is the owner of Comfort Keepers, Butch Irwin. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's uh, great to see you. I know it's, uh, it's, it's been a busy last few months. You guys are doing some upgrades to the building. That almost done? We were. Um, I'm not sure it was opportune time, but uh, throughout the pandemic, you know, things kind of got hairy for a little while. So we decided to brighten the place up a little bit nice. and ended up being uh, more than a, a painting job. It was a remodel. So <laughs> it's kind of exciting now to see a, a different inside. So nice. happy to have that behind us though. Yeah, someone mentioned they thought it was a brand new building that just went up and that's how extensive the uh, remodel has been. Well, fortunately, you know, we were able to purchase a building a couple years ago and it had uh, muddy driveways. So we're able to fix that up a little bit and we're working on it. Yeah. But more importantly, we're doing great business out of there. So that's awesome. Now talk a little bit about your business. Who, uh, who do you serve? We do non-medical in-home care for elderly and disabled mostly. Um, so anyone with those needs that are non-medical, most folks hear about the skilled care that's out there, mm -hmm. which includes uh, the RNs, the physical therapists and the occupational therapists. Um, we do the non-medical, so we're in there helping people with bathing, grooming, toileting, ambulation assistance. We can help with transportation, errands, things such, such as mm -hmm. that. Um, so really anybody that needs help, usually we can help out from a non-medical standpoint. The, our group upstairs, we were talking about, uh, you know, situations like this where, you know, not everyone has a family, you know, not everyone has close friends or great neighbors. And uh, when you're thinking about trying to do some of these daily activities and things in life, it is important to have some companionship and help. You know, it's, it's ironic that you say that because so often we go into the home and it's a result of a, a son or a daughter calling and saying, you know, I think mom needs some help that mm -hmm. 
she's not taking her medication, she's not eating like she should, and we'll hook her up with a caregiver and all of a sudden we find that mom's eating better, she's taking her medications, mm -hmm. and truly what we're doing is providing companionship. Just I think that relationship that's built is something that really en enlightens their life and you know makes them really wanna to do better for themselves. So companionship is probably one of our more common services actually. I know people that have put off joint replacement surgery because they know um, as part of the uh, rehab they're going to have difficulty just tying their shoes and, and getting dressed and all those daily things and um, are your people, is this something that you guys do, uh, like we'll go in temporarily for a few weeks? Of course, um, that's many times uh, one of the most important things we can do because safety assurance is obviously one of the things that we as sons and daughters and moms and dads really are concerned about. So um, with our initial training, we do training with things such as a gate belt, if you've ever heard of that, slide boards for maybe paraplegics. Mm -hmm. And also there's something that's called a Hoyer lift for possible quadriplegics that aren't able to get up on their own. Um, so we do basic training in the orientation. If we do encounter a client that needs some of those special you know, needs, we'll have a, uh, one of our client care coordinators go out and work with them in the home make sure the family understands what we're trying to do, make sure that the client's comfortable with what we're gonna help them with, how we're gonna assist them. So, absolutely. And you know, I, I've heard that recently, when you go in for a hip or a knee surgery, they're more commonly sending you home as compared to facilities. Mm -hmm. um, I think it depends on probably how you're functioning. But I think because of, I heard the, the earlier conversation about diseases, um, I think that's part of the factor and plus mm -hmm. you're in your own environment where you're you know You're more cheerful and more probably willing to to work doing some of the rehab. Mm -hmm. Yes hip replacement Get up get out <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, you were uh, angry though so <laughs> You could have you could have used, used some companionship. It sounds like yeah. experience. Talking. I've had oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure people um, that want you know they want to stay in their home as long as possible. Of um, so does this? Do you have clients that, that your service is allowing patient or people to stay in their home longer? I think that's one of the more common um, options nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, the pandemic kind of really shed bad light on some of the nursing homes where that you know COVID's a great place for that, uh, or you know nursing homes a great place for that to spread. So I think that has helped us. Um, more importantly though, I think people just want to stay home. Yeah. You know, they just don't want to go to a facility. Mm -hmm. I think there's some folks that would benefit from the facility though, mm -hmm. that socialization, you know, be able to go in group activities and stuff really would yeah. benefit them, but it's hard to convince a lot of people. So, you know, we're there to help them in the home. Yeah. We've got a Hawaiian luau. Ah. We do, I, I thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, actually, Comfort Keepers Corporate Office has, I believe, registered the third Wednesday of June as the National Day of Joy in the, the National Day of Archives, I'm understanding. So I, I think it's okay. actually a registered event. Nice. Um, but what they ask of us uh, franchises is to just celebrate joy, whatever brings you joy. So we actually have are gonna have a party at our office in Brooklyn. Um, we do some phenomenal chicken over a pit, which is really pretty good stuff but we have some games and activities and we really encourage our, our caregivers if, if able to bring their client in. And we just like to hear, you know, what, what makes you joyful? What, what do you really enjoy doing? And you know, it helps us understand how we can better serve the client as well. So it's just one day that we really try to, you know, celebrate just 
joyful things. Are but you the uh, fire pit chef? I'm part of it. I'm part of, <laughs> part of the crew. I wouldn't say I'm chief uh, chef, but I'm part of the crew. But are you are you looking for employees? Are you are you looking for uh, uh, people to uh, keep other people's comfort? You know, I hesitate saying this, but actually, right now we are quite well staffed. That's we great. have a really good group of caregivers. Um, we actually have caregivers looking for hours. So anybody out there needing help, you know, keep us in yeah. mind. Give us a shout. We have caregivers in most areas, which is you know ironic from the last three years i mean all small businesses have been right. struggling so much so mm. we're pretty fortunate right now to have some caregivers and, and a good group too yeah i think companionship uh when i think i think of uh maybe someone who you don't want your parent or grandparent driving anymore you know a couple errands hanging out for a little bit um i do know how important that companionship is though and i think probably some of your um clients get, a, get an awful lot out of that, don't they? Absolutely. And you know, I just heard the other day that there's more retired folks re-entering the work, workforce mm -hmm. recently. Mm -hmm. So those are great, yeah. you know, folks to have on board because, you know, they can relate to some of the elderly and share stories and, you know, yeah. for that companionship need, they can really fill in a, a big hole. Does uh, insurance or uh, Medicaid or anything um, connect? be used to pay That's for a this? great question and we could talk about that for hours probably. Um, traditional Medicare does not pay for non-medical services as of yet, although some of the new Medicare Advantage programs are starting to include that as like an a la carte thing. So if you may have really high prescription costs, you know, you might find an Advantage plan that will help with, you know, lowering some of those costs. Also, some of the newer Advantage plans are starting to incorporate non-medical in-home care. So, you know, you just have to look at your policy if that's something you might be interested in. When you do shop around for an Advantage plan, you know, look for one that might have non-medical in-home care. So that's up and coming. Not a lot of the insurances are doing that yet, but some of the traditional ones like your Blue Cross Blue Shield, United Healthcare, Aetna's, I think if they don't have them already, they're, they're looking into it. So um, Medicaid and the Medicare waiver program also reimburse for our kind of services. Unfortunately, we as an industry are kind of battling up in Lansing and on, on a federal level, trying to get those funds a little more available because you know the reimbursement's low. Mm -hmm. um, and especially with hard times like we've had the last couple, three years, it, it makes it hard from a business standpoint to do that. But you know, mm -hmm. those folks need help just like everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. So one, our biggest referral though is VA. We work with uh, the Ann Arbor VA and we have a lot of, a lot of veterans that we serve. That's great. So if you are interested in uh, getting some help uh, and comfort, uh, you can call Butch and his team at uh, Comfort Keepers. Mm -hmm. And a great way to get acquainted with uh, his team is to come to a National Day of Joy at uh, Comfort Keepers on Irwin Avenue. They are celebrating with uh, finger licking pit chicken. I gotta, I'm gonna be out to this pit chicken. <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> Sounds great. Public is welcome. Awesome. Thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you. Butch Irwin from Comfort Keepers. Stay with us next. We've got an update from Grow Jackson, President Jacob Innocencio. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together.
Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. Our show today is brought to you by Homesteady. They are a full service one-stop shop for all of your home's needs. They provide warranty, seasonal maintenance, and handyman services. All of their service efforts will make your home feel cared for and take care of those projects that you've just been staring at and not doing anything about. Or if you want to get your home ready to sell, they're a great company to call. 833-496-9466, Home Steady of Jackson. Here now is the president and founder of Grow Jackson, Jacob Innocencio. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good Thanks to see you. Um, you know, I was, I was doing a little research this morning about food insecurity in okay. the United States, and it's staggering, the numbers. Staggering. 38 million, 12 million of which are uh, children. And, and during the pandemic, over 10% of the United States at some point felt food insecure. Absolutely. Huge problem. Huge problem. And unfortunately getting worse. You know, we've had for a long time in this country poverty trending in the right direction, going down uh, the COVID pandemic, uh, making it go up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, I actually spoke with a group this week and there were people who were just for the first time thinking about food insecurity. And the thing about food insecurity is that you know, historically, we've always thought about hunger as people who are hungry are those who, you know, uh, look like they are financially struggling or the people who sure. appear to be homeless. When in all actuality, a lot of people who are food insecure are our neighbors. Mm -hmm. They're employed, right? Totally going against that notion that people who are poor are just lazy and don't want to work. They're students. Mm -hmm. um, you know, college food insecurity comes in around 30 or 40 percent, depending on the university or college you're at. Uh, there are students at uh, our local public schools who eat most of their meals at school, and then that weekend is the longest time where they're going to go without the nutrition. And not only is it a lack of access to calories, it's also a lack of access to healthy and nutritious food. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're meeting people's caloric needs, but it's too much trans fat, it's too right. much sodium, it's too many uh, grams of sugar and not enough protein, not enough vegetables, good fats. Right. The things that we know lead to improved uh, academic and health outcomes for so many people. Yeah. Some of the affordable uh, things, at, the most affordable things at uh, stores are garbage, Absolutely. essentially. Yeah, or the things that are close to us, right? right. The, corner store, the party mm -hmm. store, the Dollar General uh, certainly serve their place in the economy for a quick, I gotta pick this up, but if they're the main place you're grocery shopping, you're unable to financially, you know, usually get to the things mm -hmm. that you need to get out of those stores. Because if you can afford a car, you're probably gonna drive to Meijer and spend the money there. And if you have to walk to the grocery store, or you choose to walk to the grocery store, your options are just certainly much more limited at a family dollar or yep. the party store. And we used to have grocery stores on every corner. Absolutely. Uh, before Meyer, there were, and I think Polly's at one time had like 10 right, different stores right. all throughout, but they were smaller, they were neighborhood, people mm -hmm. would walk to them. Those days, That's obviously. That's where you get your fresh produce yep. and, and uh, veggies. Yep. But so you're 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 taking this up uh, you're taking this up on your own. Talk talk a little bit about what you guys have done to kind of help combat the food insecurity. For sure. Well, the city um, first is trying to bring um, you know the incentives to get a grocery store back in the community uh, in a more walkable space. So mm -hmm. I really want to commend them for that because that is something that we definitely need. Right, Grow Jackson, I believe, does great work. About six months out of the year, we try to have fresh fruits and vegetables available to people. And we always are rescuing food uh, from grocery stores. Instead of it going into the landfill, because mm -hmm. of supply chain reasons, we rescue it and we move it to people. Uh, but I do want to commend the city, because that's a conversation that people have had through multiple mayors and multiple city mm -hmm. councils. 
and everyone from grassroots organizers all the way up to you know state leaders recognize mm -hmm. the need for that. So I think we're trending in the right direction there. Um, and what we do at Grow Jackson is the work that other nonprofits have done before and are still doing. Uh, we got started specifically to be a, a community garden nonprofit. Mm -hmm. uh, but one thing that I really want us to do a better job of talking about is not only are we here to promote and support our own community gardens, we're here to support the community gardens uh, that already exist. Mm -hmm. People say to me frequently, oh, you brought community gardening to Jackson. And actually, community gardening was already here. It happens a ton uh, on the south side, actually. Uh, Young People of Purpose, run by Diane Washington, mm -hmm. has been doing it for a couple of decades, as has uh, Together We Can Make a Difference with mm -hmm. Wendy White. And they're both uh, fantastic community leaders who already were doing gardening. We got started to expand the gardening and to support them. In a couple of years, I think Wendy has mentioned that she might not want to run a garden on her own. Mm -hmm. That would be the kind of thing where then we're running the garden and she's just able to support because we want to be that, uh, that vessel for the continuity and the support and the expansion mm -hmm. of the gardens so that if a church wants to start a garden or a school wants to start a garden, uh, you know, we can come in and say, here's how, here's what we can do to provide support mm -hmm. and that kind of week to week or month to month uh, maintenance. It's good work. Yeah, it's yeah. really, I really believe that everybody should have a garden. You know, during World War II, everybody had a victory mm -hmm. garden and almost half the food that we consumed in this country, we grew out of necessity. And certainly we've trended away from that and I don't think we'll get back to half right. of our calories anytime soon. Um, but I really believe in the magic of gardening, not only for food security, but also for community development, right? Young kids come in and they get excited about putting a seed in the ground and a couple of days later, seeing a plant grow, learning about pollination. We had a great moment at the King Center last summer where speaking about pollination with a group and a kid walks up to a cucumber and said, oh look, the bees doing that thing you were just talking about, mm -hmm. right? It's so much more impactful to talk about soil health, to talk about photosynthesis, to talk about water needs, to talk about nutrition, right? There's different avenues that we can speak about educational concepts in the garden, but when you're right there, hands-on, as we know. So we really believe in it, not only for the health benefits, not only for the food security, but just as a community resource. People love to come in and they mm -hmm. talk about, oh, when I was younger, 60 years ago, I was helping my grandpa in the garden, or, you know, reclaiming the concept of agriculture. You know, unfortunately, in minority communities, agriculture does not always come, excuse me, rarely comes with a positive uh, association. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the genocide and holocaust of slavery and agriculture and that concept with the black community. Mm -hmm. And then the Bracero program and the migrant farming programs to this day are not always humane for our mm -hmm. uh, migrant workers in the Hispanic community. And black and brown and BIPOC people have always been stewards of the land. And for people to be able to come to the garden and have positive association with the stewardship of the soil, the stewardship of the environment is really powerful, I think, for community wellness and community healing. Your uh, garden at the King Center got uh, started last week, right? Mm -hmm. We started planting last week. We had a volunteer event, and then I've been out there with Rise Above students. Uh, nice. We're really excited about that because Rise Above's doing a garden uh, where I work in partnership with Vista Grand Villa. And so those students have been helping in the Grove Jackson Gardens and also the Rise Above Garden. How have your gardening skills improved over the last few years? They're always improving. Yeah. My background is in uh, botany and forestry. So gardening for me is definitely something yeah. that's new. I've worked on farms, I've gardened, but I'm nowhere near a master gardener. So I mentioned Diane and Wendy, they're great gardeners. Mm -hmm. I learn from them frequently. Yeah. And I get advice from all kinds of people. And that's the beauty of the community. 
community. People come in and they say, well, you know, if you harvested your collards after it frosted, they would taste better. Or if you tried this, or if you looked at this, mm -hmm. or people really love having the opportunity to come share knowledge. And that's what I think it's all about. Yeah. People say, oh, you know so much about gardening. And really, I believe in it, but I'm always learning. Yeah. And that's why I want to share with everyone else is we're learning together. Come share your skills and let's share what we know and lift the whole community up in the process. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, homeowners that uh, have their own gardens. Share your talents with uh, Grove Jackson if Absolutely. you'd like to get involved. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're always looking for volunteers. Uh, whether or not you have gardening expertise, you can sign up to volunteer at growjackson.org and bring your knowledge or come learn. We yeah. love, we have a lot of people say, oh, you know, my five or six year old wants a garden, but I don't want to take that on. Mm -hmm. Bring them to the garden every week. We'd love yeah. to be their garden and have them learn and have them have their own plants and things like that. That's what it's there for. It's cool. If deer didn't like gardens so much, it'd be a lot easier. It's that true. is true, isn't it? That is yeah. true. We like to say we grow enough for the community and for the deer. Yeah. yeah. And being, uh, you know, a relatively short growing season in this northern climate, does it make it harder to, to I guess, further your mission? You meant to do the six months out of the year. Yeah. There's six more months. Mm -hmm. We would like to, in subsequent years, add hoop houses, uh, working on a project to get a greenhouse for year-round. That would allow us to do seedlings and starts for the whole community. We'd also be able to do conversations around growing in, you know, we're in zone uh, six here, doing year-round growing with uh, solar tech and solar panels and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, lots of different conversations can be had. Uh, it's just a matter of our size and our capacity. We never want to grow too fast, uh, bite off more than we can chew, and mm -hmm. then uh, come up short. So in subsequent years, we'd love to have hoop houses. We'd love to have more going on so that we can start growing earlier, grow later, and eventually I would like us to be growing greens year-round. Awesome. Um, where can people uh, find the garden right now? Absolutely. So growjackson.org has all of our information. Follow Grow Jackson on Facebook and Instagram. That's where you're going to see all of our upcoming gardening events and everything you need to know about getting involved, donating, volunteering, and then uh, accessing the fresh food when it's available. Awesome. Jacob, thanks for being with us this morning. Thanks you so much for having me. Jacob Innocencio, president of Grow Jackson. We'll be right back after this break. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together. Welcome back to the morning show and happy Mother's Day to all moms in the audience, my mom. Your mom. My mom, my grandmothers, your mom, my grandmothers, yeah. my mother-in-law. Oh my God, Kack. am I forgetting anyone? Uh, all the moms. All the moms. Uh, Dr. Kack said something off the air that it's, I think is true. It's like, wow, Mother's Day is it's like faster this year, and I think it's because we've had this cold weather. Yeah, and Easter was late this year, so so hopefully all the uh, mothers are taken care of this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, there is a kind of a bad mom in uh, Genesee County we want to tell you about. Um, hey, I know her. Yeah, um, she was arraigned on charges of second-degree child abuse yesterday after uh, <clears throat> marijuana gummies her child brought to school sickened pupils. Uh -huh. uh, this is Melinda Gattaca of Mount Morris. Uh, <laughs> she um, left out her uh, gummies. She actually, it, she made her own gummies. She injected them with THC, nice. and then she put them in a Lifesavers container. They're like $2. <clears throat> Why is she making her own? 
you know, she's, you know, just an, an idiot mom. So uh, the six-year-old um, took him <laughs> to school and passed him out. That's <laughs> unbelievable. And this is like the second story that we've heard uh, of this happening. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, the packaging looks similar to um, other candies. So uh, moms, you need to be careful out there with your um, vices. <laughs> yeah. So um, Museum Day, uh, we've got uh, a lot going on this weekend. So I hope to take advantage of the beautiful weather and uh, all the great activities. Yeah, today. have a uh, great weekend and uh, stay with us for BART Show later this afternoon. He'll have Jerry Jarzinka, Jackson County Prosecutor, Linda Brush, and Rob Lazinski, Jem Jenna Shemaluski with Right Size Your Life, Jeremy Patterson, AKA Big Shoulders from Middle School at Parkside. He'll be with Jennifer Coppin and Steve Tucker from the Michigan Theater. That's all for this morning. We'll see you this afternoon.